You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. In the name of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Y'all have a seat. Good morning, friends. Good morning, Res. Anybody still sore from our retreat? Nobody? I am still sore from the retreat. Um, Well, it's good to be with you again this morning, and it it was so good to be with so many of you at our retreat, if you're able to make it. What a wonderful time it was just to get, there's so many new relationships. I saw people who have been coming to church with each other for so long, who sit on the right side of the room and never see the people on the left side of the room. They got to talk to each other. It was really good. And I know that uh, the Lord did a lot of great work, especially with Rob, our speaker. All those teachings, if you missed any of that, it's all online. Um, You're welcome to check it out there. I'm so grateful for what God did there. Praise God for that. Um, well, the last two weeks before Advent, um, Rez is setting aside, has set aside for, to check in and really consider something um, that is right at the heart of so many of our lives. And really, to be honest, if we can all be real for a second here, right at the heart of things that we would rather not talk about. But the thing about scripture, and this is what's so good about the lectionary or the calendar of readings that the church observes, you wanna hear why that's so amazing? This is why it's so amazing. It's because it doesn't allow us to just select those passages that confirm or comfort us in the ways that we would prefer or like, but it actually like, whether you like it or not, you're gonna have to deal with the whole of scripture. And in in scripture, money is talked about all the time. And there's just no way around it. And here's the good news though. We don't have to be afraid of talking about money. So hear me out. But Rez takes these two weeks to consider what does it mean to be a steward of the wealth of someone else? What does it mean to be a steward of the wealth of the kingdom of God? That's what we're going to look at in these next two weeks. What is the wealth of the kingdom is a good question. How is it entrusted to us? In what ways? Is it just money? No, there's more to it. What are we to do with this wealth when God has given it to us? Should we bury it? Should we invest it? What do we do with it? Next two weeks, Jesus' parable offers us a challenging, not a comfortable. I mean, I was leaning over to John here in the readings like, man, who chose these readings? Um, These are tough. They're not often comfortable for us, but we've got to, um, we've got to take on the perspective. And and if we really do believe Jesus is smart and trustworthy and the son of God, then we've got to hear him out and receive his perspective, even if it challenges us. So I want to invite you in these next two weeks just to have a fresh hearing about becoming a steward of the kingdom and offering all that we possess, all of the wealth that the Lord has entrusted to us. Say, Lord, let's put that all on the table together and say, Lord, this is all yours. How do we steward this well unto your purposes? That's what we're going to look at. This morning, um, we're going to consider Jesus's parable of the talents given to the slaves, if you heard that reading. And in this context, a talent is not an ability. Uh, for instance, like the old school basketball abilities that were on display at the retreat that uh, had to put down some brothers. Not like that kind of talent, you know what I'm saying, Hebbard, Eric? Anybody else who got defeated? No? Raise your hand if we beat you. No, don't do that. It's not that kind of talent, gentlemen. Yeah, I know you want to say something, but you can't because I'm preaching, Stephen. My body's still sore there. It's okay. It's okay. The last will be first. No, not in basketball. Not in basketball. We do, we do see a different kind of talent at play. That's not the talent that is being described here in the New Testament in this particular parable. This talent is actually a unit of weight. So it's a measurement of wealth, possibly equivalent to about five years wages. So to translate, a ton of money. 
This was a pile of wealth. This is what a talent uh, was referring to in this parable. And the master who gives three of his servants these talents, this huge amount of money, the first two put the talent to work, they put it to work, they don't squander it, they don't dig it up, or they don't bury it in the ground. They double what had been entrusted to them, right? Ten and five is what we read. And the master turned to these two had, who had put this talent to work and said, my good and trustworthy servants, well done. Well done. But the slave with one talent, still a ton of money here, buried it and returned it and was condemned by the master. Here, you gave me this talent. I've given you back what was yours. We're good, right? And the master's response was not pleasurable. It was not favorable. It was condemning. For all that's in play in this parable, the one thing I want to draw out for us, there's so much here, the one thing I want to pay attention to and draw out for us this morning for our consideration, especially as stewards of the kingdom as we're looking at this, is this. The kingdom of God, unlike other kingdoms, unlike other economies, unlike the way the world kind of tends to work, the kingdom of God is not zero sum. It is not zero sum, but an abundance to be freely given. This is gonna take for some of us like a totally different context shift to imagine a world in which there is an abundance and not a scarcity. And to imagine a God even who gives freely, not because if I'm gonna to give to you, I've gotta take from someone else to give to you. No, there's, this doesn't work like that. It's not zero sum, but there's actually this endless, this kind of bottomless wealth of God that he gives freely to us. It's gonna take some adjusting for us. Zero sum is not the theology of the kingdom. It's not the starting point. It's not the premise. Where if one becomes wealthy, another has to become poor. That's not the way it works. Isn't that kind of a, a little bit of a trip for us? We, I don't know if we can even imagine this. No, if something is given here in the kingdom, the balance sheet of the kingdom doesn't require that it takes from somewhere else to balance the budget or something. What we've been given in the kingdom is not a possession that can be lost when we lose it, but a, an investment that the king is making in us to go and spend without fear. Y'all hear that? Different motivators altogether, not in fear, but we've been entrusted with this great wealth. And the parable warns us, it can be squandered. You can actually like mess up with this if you bury it out of fear or hide it. And the parable is really, really clear about what the master does to those who squander this wealth that's been entrusted to them. The kingdom is the reality of, the, of abundance. It is this reality where we don't have to be afraid and go bury it because we think that the master is harsh or shrewd like the parable said. It's totally different. The kingdom is the reality of abundance, not scarcity. God doesn't gather where he has not invested. Where has God not invested? Where has he not planted seeds? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. What is not his? He doesn't need to go and dig up where he hasn't invested, even if he hadn't invested in places. He doesn't need to go and get something from somewhere else. He has it all. Has God held back from you? What has he not given you? Maybe not everything you've ever wanted, and that's probably good for you, to be honest. But everything you've needed, God has provided, as difficult as that may seem sometimes. 
And if we're in doubt at all, hasn't God given us his only son? What greater wealth could he give us as the master to his servants? He's emptied out the treasure of heaven by giving us Jesus. And yet, check this out, and yet even in emptying out the treasure box of heaven, God has not run out still. There wasn't an end to it. Even when death itself had totally eaten up the treasure of God, he didn't run out. And yet there was more. There was an abundance. Jesus, in Jesus, we have an inheritance in the kingdom of God that doesn't spoil or fade and it doesn't run out. We have an abundance in Jesus. This, friends, this is where the economy of the kingdom begins, out of abundance, out of a place of wealth that God has entrusted to us. What kind of God is this? Totally different than the gods we see in the world, totally different than any kind of leader over any kind of wealth, God is operating in a totally different way than what we may be used to. He gives freely to us, his servants. Is this a God who needs to, to be afraid and to gather up because things are running short? No, not at all. God is never in want. He's not in need. And guess, guess what? He isn't even impressed when his servants work desperately to preserve themselves or their wealth. Not only is he not in need, and not only is he not in want, but as his servants, we don't need to be in want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not live in a state of want because of him. And he's not impressed, friends, when we work so hard and desperately to preserve ourselves or our wealth either. It doesn't impress God. He's not patting you on the back for that. Instead, just as in the parable, he'd rather take the money that we hoard and hide and bury in the ground, and he would rather give it to someone who's willing to take a risk for the kingdom of God. And I know some of these Old Testament readings and even the consequences of this servant is like harsh for us to hear, but what's so good about this, and we should hear this, is that Jesus uh, is all-powerful, but he also means what he commands. And when he invests, he entrusts. And there are consequences to us messing that up. You can squander the wealth of the kingdom. So should we live in a state of fear? No. Live in a state of abundance, trusting that this one who has trusted you with this wealth, now go and spend it. Take risks on the kingdom. Don't be afraid. To be afraid, to squander, is actually to make an idol out of the thing, to make it king instead of the one who's actually given it to you. You see the difference? Verse 29 says, for all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. God may not give us everything we want right when we want it, because what we want is oftentimes and sometimes just not good for us or straight out evil, right? I love the prayer of St. Chrysostom. If you pray morning prayer, it's towards the end. Um, Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us. Wow. Not, Lord, here's my laundry list. Make it happen, Jesus. But this phrase, as may be best for us, actually places our hearts under the care of the king who gives us these things. He doesn't give us our prosperity wish list. So many Christians will read this passage and, and preach it as, hey, if you are a real Christian, your bank account will, will like show it. You will have that kind of car. And that is like of the devil, people. That is not the gospel. 
So if we can just be frank. God is not interested in making you, like giving you everything on your prosperity wish list. That is not, it's actually what's good for you. It's not. Spoiling us like brats is not what the Lord intends for us. Even better, he has something better for us, actually. He gives us what's actually best for us, what's good for us. Because the end game here isn't having a padded bank account. The end game here is union with Jesus, is being with him and being like him. So whatever we pray, we want to entrust ourselves. God, fulfill our petitions, our desires, the things that are on our hearts as may be best for us, a.k.a. in a way that brings us closer to you, makes us more like you, Jesus. This is what the king does to us, for us. Friends, I think this is actually um, a really good news for us, especially as we come into kind of uh, like Black Friday's coming up, Thanksgiving, the whole world goes nuts and buys everything because it's going to run out. Like this is a frantic, frantic economic time, right? And we're feeling that pressure. Can I challenge you? Just can I invite you? Me too. Like let's all step into the kingdom of God in this season and remember that God has entrusted a great wealth to us not to be squandered or buried or hoarded, but to be given away for the sake of others. That whatever God's doing in our lives, whether it's a word of encouragement, maybe it's news about Jesus, maybe it's the gospel, maybe it's comfort to our friends, whatever this value, this wealth that God has entrusted to us, let's not squander it, let's actually spend it the way that he would want us to spend it, taking risks for the kingdom. We don't have to live in a world where everything is frugal and scarce but the goodness of God is everlasting. And so we get to live in his kingdom that is everlasting. Psalm, just as Psalm 90 said, we prayed it earlier, uh, just a minute ago. To be clear, um, this parable, I just want to clarify this. This parable isn't saying that we should work harder so that we can give more either. Because I know some of us are going to hear this and go, I got to work some overtime so that I can give more. The parable is not saying that. Nor is it commending the use of interest in loans or like savvy investing. That's not what, you're actually totally missing the point if that's what you see here. The point is this. The point is Jesus' proclamation of the way the kingdom of God works. This is how the kingdom works, people. From abundance, not scarcity, not zero sum. The kingdom of God is given to us freely. The kingdom of God has been invested in you. So don't, what you have, don't waste it. Your money, it is of worth. It has been entrusted to you by God. Lord, then the question would be, Lord, how do I use this according to your kingdom? So this is what describe, it, this, this parable describes something to us about the, the kingdom of God, but it also describes something about us as well. Those who think they deserve the things that they have earned, watch out. Have you forgotten that the master has freely given it to you in the first place? It doesn't belong to you. Even our kids, if you've got kids, they're ours but they're entrusted to us by our heavenly father. They're his before they're ours. And so we should care for them as he would, stewarding them as he would. Our money doesn't originate with us. You think you earn your paycheck? God gives this to us. He blesses us with all that we need. And so we should entrust him with it as well when we think of how to use it. In fact, nothing that we have originates with us. What do you have that originated with you? Who has created you in the first place? Where did it all begin? Is some good perspective. Everything in the earth is the Lord's. And of his own, we have freely given to him. This is our starting point, friends. And this is what it means, I think, to be a steward of the kingdom. 
And if this is true, if this is actually true what I'm saying here, this is really good news for us, right? We've been entrusted with a great wealth. We've become stewards of the kingdom of God, entrusted with the work that Jesus has given us to do as we're gonna pray towards the end of this service. Work that looks as simple as learning to tell the truth, learning to love our enemies, that kind of work. Learning to steward our bodies because they belong to Jesus. To open our homes, especially in the season coming up, to open our homes as an act of hospitality. To practice giving and generosity and not to take lightly that money actually means something to our hearts and so we should, as a response to God's good gifts, give it in an act of worship. That's actually really good for us. We get to praise God that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live in a state of want. We don't have to live in a world where everything is scarce and we're driven by the bottom line. We can actually entrust everything that we have to the master who gives freely and from a place of abundance. We don't have to go bury our debit cards or guard our bank accounts from the Lord or from the church. You know why? Because God is not shrewd and God is not harsh. He doesn't even need your money. It's not zero sum, people. He's not the one who misses out when we don't worship God with our wealth. Think about that. Who is this for? Is this really for God? Do you think God needs our money? Or is this for us? It's in us that he invests so much great wealth in the kingdom. This is when giving becomes an act of worship and gratitude to God, when it's given in light of God's loving kindness, not out of fear or expectation that God's gonna like punish us, though we should steward this carefully. But seeing who God is, seeing what he's given us in his son, we get to respond with gratitude, with anticipation, with expectation of the things that God will do in our lives and in the world. This is the work of the kingdom. It's actually really simple. And it's been entrusted to us. And no servant who lives this way, in this non-zero-sum game kind of way, no servant who lives anticipating the generosity of the kingdom of God will be put to shame. Instead, they will say, they will be said to, good and trustworthy servant, well done. Well done. Friends, when we talk about money at Res, um, I know some of us just, our heart rates kind of like start to flutter and go up a little bit. And I just want to invite you, you don't have to. Uh, react that way. I know that's, it's kind of an uncomfortable, sometimes scary thing for us to talk about. Um, but the reason we are, um, we don't need to be defensive at res when we talk about this is because for us, money is, a, is just, just a part of discipleship. What it means to be a follower of Jesus means that everything about us is converted to him again and again. Our heads, our hearts, and our wallets, all of us, we want to offer to the Lord. And not out of a, a place of fear or scarcity, but in the place of safety in the kingdom and as a response of God's generosity to us. I, am, I just, hear me out, let's be real. I am not trying to get something from you. The church isn't living in some fear of scarcity. We're like, we're, we're good, we're okay. That's not what this is about. I don't want you to think, ah, there's something behind this. I'm gonna miss the gospel here because Sean's saying something. No, that's not what this is. What this is about is becoming, genuinely becoming the kinds of people who actually believe that Jesus is telling us the truth about the kingdom and the wealth that's been entrusted to us. And then as a response, becoming the kinds of people who actually put our lives and our trust in him and in his words. I wanna encourage you this morning. If you practice generosity here at Res, well done, way to go. Keep praying. Lord, what, what, 
What more do you want me to do? What else in my life can I offer to you? If you're in a place where you just, you can't uh, practice generosity the way you would like, pray and watch. Ask for the Lord's help. Ask for another Christian brother or sister just to come and help, or I don't know, ask for some help, but pray and watch. Even in small ways, you can begin and say, Lord, this isn't much, but I'm gonna start with this. That's something. Continue to pray and watch. Even those small ways matter. Whatever it is that you've been entrusted with, whether little or with a great amount, small or large, may the Lord find resurrection people, us in this room, may he find us as faithful stewards of what he's entrusted to us. Amen? May he find us the kinds of people that have become a generous people from the inside out. That in worshiping God with the wealth that he's entrusted us with, we've become, as a community, a beautiful, beautiful people that reflect the loving kindness of our king, that reflect the generosity and the abundance of the kingdom of God. Amen? Will we take a moment just for a second just to be quiet and allow the Holy Spirit to continue to speak to us and invite us? You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.